0: Lose the Cape Podcast, episode 117. I will be at the Boss Mom Retreat as this goes live early Monday morning on October 16th. I am super excited to get the opportunity to meet up with some of my favorite people in the freelance world again this uh, weekend. I have been talking about the last one for 10 months, so I'm sorry, y'all. It's going to be another 10 months of talking about this one. But it's been such a great opportunity to connect and network and meet wonderful people in the same realm as I am. So stay tuned for more information on that. A couple of important announcements for you. Please don't forget to check out our announcement about our new subscription box. We are super excited about some changes in the podcast, including a monthly theme, which will be supported by a book that we choose each month. If you choose to join us in the subscription box, which is actually can be month to month. You don't have to sign up for longer than one month if you don't want to. So you can choose the months with the books and the topics that you enjoy the most. But basically, each month, you'll get the book that we're covering and plenty of time to start with us at the beginning of the month. Um, And you'll get some little fun consumable surprises in it as well. So um, consumable because I know that most of us don't need more stuff, but you know, a nice tea or coffee or bath bomb or chocolate or something like that from time to time is fun to have while you read your book, right? So we are giving away a three-month subscription Um, To raise the hype and create awareness about this new subscription box, which will launch in January, you can visit the show notes from this show, which is losethecape.com forward slash podcast forward slash 117. Or you can visit losethecape.com forward slash live bravely and find out more information about this subscription box and how to win your free three-month subscription to it starting in January. Yay! We are really, really excited about it. We're excited about the way the podcast is going to change next year and how it's going to really allow us to focus on the stories of importance and the things that we as moms – really want to talk about and want to dig into. So we are going to grow yourself as we say with the subscription box and learn about topics of interest and now I'm just rambling. So let's talk about today's episode. We are talking with Jen uh, Espinosa Goswami and she is a former fat girl turned product free health coach we'll get in more into her bio in a second but we talked about all kinds of stuff children dieting overweight children and how uh, you know what's going on in our culture how to uh, help your children stay healthy um you know mindset and and frequency of balanced mails, all kinds of stuff it was really a great conversation with jen and i hope you'll check it again get it out again it's at lose the forward slash podcast forward slash one one seven enjoy the show Okay, today we are going to talk about one of my favorite subjects to hate, and that is weight and weight loss, and something that like consumes my lifestyle, my life, um, really, since I was about 10 years old. But the whole battle of the bulge, the whole weight loss, the issue, the healthy life, all that stuff stuff. We are interviewing Jennifer Espinoza Goswami. You may recognize the name of her company, Weightless, because she has been one of our amazing sponsors for the podcast, Um, And we are super excited to interview her today and talk all about her programs and her experience and her life and get all of her best tips and tools for losing weight. So she is a former fat girl turned product-free health coach, that's always a good thing, who helps working moms achieve body bliss. She's a member of the National Weight Control Registry. Her 100-pound weight loss story has been featured on Women's Health Prevention, Reader's Digest, First for Women Magazine and Fox. And first of all, can I just say 100 pounds? That's amazing. Like it's so hard for me to lose five pounds. So 100, wow! Congratulations to you on that. Thank you. <laughs> so when she's not presenting motivational presentations to brands such as Target, Wells Fargo, and Tops in Minneapolis, I mean, like nobody's there. You know, <laughs> not like not like any major brands or anything. She blogs <laughs> at theweightlesschronicles.com. dot about a simple recipe to body bliss without joining a gym or counting anything, which is my favorite plan in the entire world. She's a wife and mother to two beautiful daughters. She loves to dance and she loves bean burritos. So see, you don't have to give up the foods you love just to live a healthy and lower weight lifestyle, right? Absolutely not. Enjoy yourself. Great. Okay. So fill in the gaps. What did I miss? Um, First of all, like Let's start back with what made you decide you wanted to lose weight, and how you found the right program that helped you actually do that. Because 100 pounds—that's—that's that's massive.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I like that you said the the thing you most hate to talk about: dieting and weight loss. And you said that you had been struggling with this more or less since you were 10 years old. And there are a lot of research studies out there that show that the average age for a girl to start dieting, like officially or unofficially, she thinks she's on a diet, is about
0: seven years old, which is Seven, crazy. seven oh years God. old. Can well, you imagine? Actually, it doesn't surprise me. And the reason I'm going to say that is because I have a seven-year-old right now, and um, she... God bless her little baby heart. She's the sweetest child in the whole wide world. She's sandwiched between a brother and sister who will never have a weight problem other than trying to gain weight. And um, and she loves her sweets and her chips and her things like that. And And I was talking to my husband about it the other day. I was like, I'm so nervous about her and I don't want to give her a complex, but she's starting to get pudgy. And how do I how do I do this without doing what my mom did to me, which was make me feel terrible every time I put something in my mouth. Um, but at the same time, keep her at a healthy weight and keep her, you know, so we've been, so I, I understand and I see it, and I'm struggling really hard with how to do this in a healthy manner that doesn't make her feel like she needs to go on a diet. Cause she's seven.
1: <laughs> right. And, and, um, That's a fine line that many moms walk. I also am a mom of two daughters. One is in high school and one is in first grade. So like you, my, my younger one, she's as thin as a stick. She's in dance. She's highly active. You know, I'm not really concerned about her from a health standpoint. My teen is going into that awkward stage of I'm the biggest kid in class. I'm not fit. Um, so, you know, I've worked with her on different things, but, um, and this is something that my own mom probably experienced when I was growing up, because I was that kid who had no interest in diets. So even though I was increasingly gaining a bunch of weight year after year, I was probably 100 pounds by the time I was in second grade. I mean, uh, I have this horrible uh, memory in second grade when we were doing weights and measures in math class. And um, one you know sarcastic kid in class is like I bet Jen weighs like a hundred pounds and I started crying because I'm like oh my god he's totally right I am just about a hundred pounds in second grade and I thought this to my head and I just cried silently in class because what else can you do and thank god I had a champion you know boy in class who just saw my pain and he's like well you weigh a thousand pounds so you know he stood up (laughs) for me and that felt great but you know it doesn't It doesn't make the pain go away. And I was that kid who was easily the largest in my class, if not the entire school. And surprisingly, I had no interest in diets. So I wasn't that kid who started, you know, counting calories or all that sort of thing. Whatever. These people don't know me. They don't know my worth. I was straight A student. I loved school. I was highly active in clubs when I was in high school. I was an athlete. In elementary school, I ran track, I did the volleyball team in junior high. So I was really active, I was a happy person, and I just had a weight problem. And yeah. um, And it was interesting because my mom, you know, would take me to the pediatrician and she'd say, well, you have high triglycerides, which if you're not familiar, means fat in your blood. I was a teenager at the time. So, you know, my mom's like, oh my gosh, what do I do? You know, so she tried to help me get away from those potato chips that I love so much or get away from those pizza and fried chicken and the sweets and all that thing. But, you know, she herself had her own body image issues and she did the best she could. She cooked a home home meal every night for dinner and I really appreciate her efforts. Um, It just wasn't what I needed at that time. So um, it took me until I was 20 years old before I really sat down and said, I need to do something.
0: Wow. You know, um, back to your, just to backtrack just a little bit to your comment about words, I mean, you just referenced something about that a little boy said to you in jest in second grade and how that still impacts you all these years later. And I was telling my husband, I was like, it's the same thing for me. Like I, I don't want to give my sweet daughter a complex and, and those words they last forever. And I said, and I'll give you an example. I remember when I was in the summer after seventh grade, I went to go visit my cousin. I mean, I'm 40, almost 41 years old, and I'm still remembering an incident that happened when I was 12, that really shaped the rest of my life in terms of how I felt about myself. And, um, you know, being raised in the 70s and 80s, there weren't a lot of kids that were overweight. It was abnormal. Whereas these days, it's so much more normal to have heavier kids in the class. There weren't a lot of overweight kids. So you did stand out. And I remember, so I went to go visit my cousin who is like supermodel, gorgeous, teeny tiny little body. We're the same age. She's just beautiful. Um, um, We're 12, almost 13 years old we're at the swimming pool and she sees this kid that she babysits and she introduced um, me to him and said, this is my cousin. She's visiting for a few weeks, blah, blah, blah. And he was probably, I don't know, five, six, seven years old. And he looked at, looked at me and he said, you two can't be related. You're skinny and she's fat. And oh my goodness. now granted I, I, I was chubby there's no doubt about it. I was not fat. I was chubby for sure. But I mean, that has stuck in my mind forever and ever and ever. So on that, you know, on that, I'm like, I have to be so careful with my words because they will stay with her forever. And thankfully my daughter has very healthy self-esteem, which I did not have. So, but still, I'm not going to be like, you're getting fat. You need to stop eating chips every day, you know? So uh, yeah, any advice you have at all, on the kid element and how to not totally screw them up. And I mean, kind of the thing my husband and I have, have agreed to is just the fact that living a more active lifestyle and making sure that we're presenting the healthy options and giving her those before not saying you can't have chips and you can't have ice cream, but saying, you know, let's have apples and bananas and then we can have chips after that or, whatever, you know, but you're, you, 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 you talk. <laughs> what is your advice? <laughs> Yeah, you know, I wish I could
1: say that I've got it all figured out, but I'm also <laughs> navigating this this wonderful world of parenthood and momhood, yes. and um, and I, I don't always have the answers. Um, you know, I certainly believe that my mom did a good job of, of modeling the types of habits that parents should, like you always eat vegetables with dinner, here's what a healthy snack is, that sort of thing, and I just didn't care. I could care less as a, as a young kid, so, you know, it's really hard for you to, I like to say you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. But I know that the the habits that you model and the language you use in front of your children, they absorb all of that like a sponge. So, you know, if you keep telling your child, oh, I'm on a diet, I can't eat that, or that's not good for me, you know, just the way you twist the certain words that you're using in terms of certain foods will impact them for, for better or worse. I mean, right. maybe they could decide, well, mom doesn't want me to eat this, so I'm going to eat it. Right. I, exactly. I a, yeah, I was a food hider when I was growing up, so I was a latchkey kid, like many kids Uh were in the 80s. I'd come home after school. I was the only one in the house for two hours, which was amazing because I'm from a family of six people. Right. And Having quiet time in the house was beautiful and wonderful. And I love my solitude, but I would eat like a maniac from Mm -hmm. three o'clock into four o'clock. We had dinner at five every night. Mm -hmm. So I was eating like basically a second dinner. And, um, It took me a while to get past those eating habits, which is why today, like, I'm a plus size health coach. I'm not like super thin. I'm not Jillian Michaels, washboard abs kind of woman. I'm a woman who believes that your journey to your best self should be a blissful journey. So what that means is you determine what that looks like for you, what that feels like for you, and I support you along the way. So I don't necessarily work with people who are like, oh, I just need to fit into my skinny jeans from high school. Rather, I'd I'd rather support those women who are like, well, I've always been a little bit chubby. I've always had an issue. I've never felt completely comfortable in my skin. And yes, I'm scarred by some of these comments that even complete strangers would tell me I want to feel better in my own skin. Those are the types of people that I love working with because I totally connect with them on a personal level. That's my own experiences from my childhood.
0: Yeah. Uh, That's kind of the same resolution that I've come to as well. I'll never be, I mean, I have teeny tiny bone structure. I suppose if I really wanted to go severe in my dieting, I could be a teeny tiny little person, but I've never been that way. I don't even know what that would look like and I don't think I would like it, but I do want to be healthy and I have some other health issues as well and I want to make sure that I'm not making decisions that are only going to further negatively impact um, the autoimmune issues that I have. And I, you know, I want to be able to, to play with my kids and I want to be able to run around and to not feel like I'm dying. I mean, 41 when I was 12 seemed ancient, but now it seems pretty young. And I feel like I should still be able to, you know, run a 5k with my kids if that's what we want to do or something you know so (laughs) and that's a
1: good goal to have to be able to play with your kids I hear that a lot like I'm out of breath when I walk up the stairs I can't get down on the floor with my grandchildren you know I work with all types of age groups but that was that was the thing they want it's those small little things that make a huge impact in terms of their quality of life not necessarily that they're photo ready for a magazine but that they feel amazing that they can do everything they physically want to achieve or dealing with um, other issues like autoimmune or some other family genetic history. I've got a lot of that in my family too, diabetes and heart disease, that sort of thing, which is why I decided to actually do something about my health because my grandmother passed away when I was a college senior, and she was an amazing, strong, empowered, beautiful woman who was a huge role model to me And when she passed away, she was 88 years old. She was the oldest of all my grandparents. She was the last to leave this earth. And I said, I want to be that person. I want to be that grandma someday and reach a, good old age, being mm-hmm. active and fit and healthy and, and, you know, teaching my grandkids, classmates how to make a uh, bunuelos or something because she's Hispanic. Mm-hmm. I said, I want to be that person. I want to live a long and healthy life. So that was my big reason is a long and healthy, healthy life. Like I don't want to be a bikini model. I don't want to necessarily kill myself every day about I'm punishing what I ate and I'm right. exercising everything off. I wanted to live a long and healthy life. And to me, that's all it took to make that resolution.
0: Absolutely. Well, I'm going to interject something that has nothing to do with the subject in case you are wondering why Aubrey is being so quiet. <laughs> it is not because she's skinny and doesn't feel like she can't contribute to this conversation. I'm just kidding. She was running a little bit late, so she has just popped in. And I totally do not mean for anybody who's going to get their little panties in a wad about me comparing skinny and non-skinny people. That was a joke. Please take it as a joke. (laughs) We We all are what God gave us, and we just have to work with it to make it what we want it to be, right? Oh, it's good answer. It's hard either way. I mean, my daughter, my little Karis. I mean, I could she she eats like an elephant and and weighs zero pounds. I mean, I'm hardly exaggerating there. So, <laughs> so.
2: No, that's my girls. They are. I feel bad, and I shouldn't compare them to the other kids in their class. But I'm like, do they have worms? Because they're so <laughs> they eat. But I was the same way as a child. But it's just like, they seem malnourished compared to, no, I'm not exaggerating. I mean, like Ruby's little bones are, I mean, she's just bones, but she goes
0: nonstop. Yeah. Well, we were, um, we were talking about, uh, Jen and her program and she's lost a hundred pounds and did we ever even, I think we segued before we even got into how you did that. So at what point did you decide you wanted to lose the weight? What happened in your life? And then what did you do to go there?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. So I mentioned that when my grandmother passed, that was kind of my inspiration for, I'm not going to live in a long and healthy life while I'm still morbidly obese right now. While I didn't have necessarily any medical red flags, I did have high flagger slides. I was very overweight. I was huffing and puffing when I took the stairs. However, I justified it by saying, well, I'm active. I'm biking to class every day. I'm walking up the stairs. I'm an active person. So I'm healthy and by the way healthy is a spectrum like you can't compare your health to someone else's everyone is unique and personal and different so that's that's my little soapbox on that thing but when my grandmother passed away I said I need to do something and being the poor college Uh, student I was I'm like I don't have money I don't have any interest in meeting together once a week and weighing myself in front of strangers so you know support groups were not my thing and um Back then, because it was over 18 years now, weight loss surgery was not an option. Even if I could afford it, I don't think I ever would have considered it. Um, Rearranging your insides to deal with something with a problem with your hand-to-mouth problem didn't seem like a good solution to me. So I said, what can I do? And um, at the end of the day, I said, well, I can write down what I eat. At least I can understand where I am today and what's going on and, and how much I'm actually eating. And oh my God, let me tell you, until you write down what you actually eat, you have no clue. Like even people who are bodybuilders and do this for a living, like their body is their lifestyle. They also overestimate how much they actually eat unless they're very specific about writing down what they're eating. Oh,
0: so yeah, that first I can imagine.
1: Month, yeah, isn't it crazy? That first month I wrote down everything I ate and I lost 20 pounds.
0: Wow. For wow. one month. Right. Just, being, just being cognizant. Now I'm, I'm kind of giggling to myself over here because I muted myself as you're talking. I'm like, <laughs> shoving food in my mouth for people who can't see us because I'm starving <laughs> so I was trying not to respond without like laughing out loud as the irony of what's happening I'm sure that was more than one serving of pasta yeah, <laughs> my, my, my
2: little giggle was not like it was not at Eugene. it was at
0: lunch, so <laughs> I'm just like scarfing this food I, I warned just, her like, I warned
2: right down what they eat <laughs>
0: And before we started, that I was super hungry, and when she was talking, oh. I was gonna mute myself and eat as best as I could. But <laughs> yeah, it, it is a ama- mate, it's you know, it's amazing to me though, because I found that too when I have journaled, like, or um, with the fact that I never measure anything, so when I do start to measure, I'm like, holy moly, Batman, I've been eating like seven servings of pasta at a time <laughs> instead of one or two, which might be acceptable, but you know, so yeah, I. I I can see the validity of actually just taking notice of what it is that you're eating. Right. And just um, like you mentioned,
1: portion control. Like if you've never measured anything in your life that you've put in your mouth, then you might be doing yourself a little bit of a disservice, Mm -hmm. at least from a knowledge standpoint of what is an actual serving. Right. Now, especially if you eat out a lot at restaurants, you know, they're double and triple what an actual serving is. And if you're not taking taking a doggy bag home, then you're probably eating your full day's worth of calories in one meal. Now, I mentioned that I don't, none of my programs deal with counting any. Which is a big part of success in my opinion, so you do have to be aware where you are today that doesn't mean that you have to become some sort of statistician or mathematician in order to get to where you want to be tomorrow. So a lot of my programs focus on the three main uh, building blocks of all food, which is the three macronutrients, protein, fat, and carbs. Once you understand where your food fits in that spectrum of macros, it's super easy for you to plan every single meal you eat, and that includes snacks. I'm a big fan of eating frequently throughout the day, so four or five meals is not uncommon. And to me, that was the best way I was able to maintain uh, normal portions. Because when you go from eating 4,000 calories in one meal to eating, you know, like, 300 calories in one meal. You're going to be hungry, right? Right. People are miserable when they're hungry. They're like dieting. They're like, I can't do this. But when you're looking at it of, I get to eat again in three more hours, maybe I don't need to finish off this plate that I've got going on right now because I'm going to eat again so soon that I have never have a chance to crave anything because I've got a balanced meal just waiting for me in
0: three more hours. So, talk to me about this macros thing. Because again, explain it just a little more. Because I have a friend who is doing this, counting her macros diet, and I'm like, "What the heck? I don't get it. I don't know what you're talking about."
1: (laughs) Yes, I love talking about macros. So when I discovered that, I'm like, "What? What the heck is this? You know, what does this have to do with anything?" Basically, every food we eat is either protein, fat, or carbs. And when I say mostly they fit in one category. Like they might like a handful of nuts. Yes. There's protein in a handful of nuts, but ounce per ounce and calorie per calorie, there's more fat in a handful of nuts than there is protein. Hmm. So while it does have protein as well, it's primarily a fat. That's how your body takes it. That's how your body uses those handful of nuts. Same thing applies to carbs. Like I know carbs are demonized in the media, like sugar is causing cancer and all these things. Fruits and vegetables are also carbs. Whole grains are also carbs. So, demonizing any particular macro is horrible. We saw it happen with the low fat craze back in the 80s. I grew up in the low fat craze. I was eating snack wells like they were going out of style. <laughs> <laughs> Those huge boxes of cookies, I would eat it in one sitting in But like, they were oh, low fat? fat. Exactly. It's low fat. It's okay. <laughs> I know it's like there's no fat person. in that package <laughs> of <Whistlers>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then we swung the other way. We're like, oh, all that sugar we were eating is killing us. You right. know, so when we focus on just one category of macros, that's when we're missing the full picture. So that's why I like to build meals in terms of use all three of them when you eat. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you'll be full, you won't be hungry. Your body's getting the basic nutrients it needs and yes there are other things you can think about later when you're more advanced like micronutrients and vitamins and minerals and those sorts of things but if you have your basic building blocks in place not only does it make meal planning super simple but you don't have to count a bunch of things yes you can be very um, specific about how many macros you have per day, but you don't even need to worry about that if you're just starting out. Just figure out what what macro does this food I'm eating, what does it fit into? And it makes your meal planning so much more simple.
0: Cool. Um, Do you explain that in your programs or on your website or anything, or for someone who wants to find more information, should they just Google it or should they come to you?
1: They can come to me on my website, weightlesschronicles.com. And I also, this is something that I educate my private coaching clients on. This is what I provide. I have a la carte meal planning services. So if you're like, I just need some additional meals to help me out, all of my meal plans include the macros. So it doesn't include counts of that because I don't want you to waste your time counting a bunch of things and getting all excited about that. But it's already included in part of the process of meal planning. So either I I work with you one on one to figure that out, or you can just buy a meal plan and, you know, have it for a week, have it for a month. I offer those services as well.
0: Awesome. awesome.
2: So I can just come to you and say, Jen, I just need you to tell me what to eat. And you will just send me like the list and I go, to the grocery store, there it is. I mean, because that's what I need. <laughs> <laughs> In a nutshell, I don't
1: dive too much into grocery list because that's very personal. Um, okay. I do support some people who have specific dietary needs, like if they're gluten-free, If they have allergies, that sort of thing, I do have a meal plan for that. I don't, what I do is I provide the recipes. So breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks, because snacks, you got to snack happy, right? Don't ever go hungry. (laughs) So I include all of those in the meal plan. You get seven days worth of that for the weekly meal plan, or you get four weeks of it. And it's every single day. So it's up to you how you want to implement that. But basically, I make it super easy for you. And I use ingredients you can get anywhere. I'm not going to say buy my protein shake or buy my... Buy this weird you know fruit from the brazilian jungle i don't do any of that stuff like you know we're all we we have budgets and i'm very conscious of that we don't always want to buy things that sit and rot in our cabinet because we try them once and we never again use them so i'm very conscious of that and all my meal pens include things you can get at your local grocery store You don't have to stress out about non-GMO, organic, all those things. Yes, there are certain foods that are better to get organic and I can share those with my clients or with anyone who's watching today. They have a list called the dirty dozen. You can Google that if you want to. Those are the ones that are most important to go organic just because they absorb what's in the soil. And if pesticides and toxins are used in the soil, you're gonna be eating that. I mean, you know, you can't avoid that. So there are certain foods that it's important to be aware of that, but overall, make it easier than you're making it on yourself. You don't need to stress out about those details.
0: Awesome. Yeah. I like that because I mean, I've done some fantastic meal planning and meal prep things, but it does get a a little bit frustrating if you have to go to three grocery stores to find some of the ingredients, because while the recipe is amazing, it's, it's using things that you wouldn't find um, all the time. So in some states, that works out just fine. I would imagine that I, if I lived in like California where they're doing all this, you know, el- healthy eating, you know, everybody's crazy about all these new healthy eating things would be one thing. But in Columbia, South Carolina, you're hard-pressed uh, sometimes to even find organic, let alone. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, try Waco, Texas. <laughs> right. If you want barbecue, we can hook you up. <laughs> <laughs>
0: some mac and cheese and chitlins got it yeah. Yeah, that
2: sounds really good <laughs> i'm not gonna lie i have like three sausage and cheese kolaches what is it and i'm not talking about like the what a kolachi. it's yeah, like dough with meat and cheese and sometimes jalapenos or you can have a fruit filled one
0: Oh. It's a Czech thing. It's naughty. It's a Czech thing. I was gonna guess Texas, but that didn't sound Mexican, so (laughs) it's kinda like a Polish pierogi, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm Polish, so (laughs) yeah.
0: The pierogi. Yeah, I don't know that I've ever had one of those either on purpose anyway. Maybe I've eaten one and didn't know it.
2: I'm gonna try to see if we I can send you one. You don't know what you're missing. (laughs) Please please do not. (laughs) I will will figure out
1: how
0: to make one or something. (laughs) Oh my God, that's so funny. So, okay. um, Who are you? You mentioned a little bit about the type of people that you really like to work with in your programs, that it's um, people who kind of fall into your level of understanding on weight and life and fitness. But um, can anybody do your programs and... um, yeah, you know, talk to us a little bit more about what happens in the program and who you work with and what you do with them.
1: Right. So I have um I do mostly individual private health coaching. I do have some programs that you can just buy and do at your own pace. And those are all on my website. I also have the meal planning services. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm excited to work with people, with moms especially, and um traditionally I work with people who have school aged children up into the empty nester kind of mm-hmm. um area because I feel that that is when you need the most support you are giving 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 to your family to your career to your spouse you have no time or interest in yourself so I like to make things easier and better for those kinds of moms who are in those situations um and um But I don't just work with those people. I also have worked with people who maybe maybe don't have a specific weight loss goal, but they're trying to um, short-circuit some of those bad habits. For example, I had a client who was drinking a little more alcohol than she thought was healthy for her. And... um, and I had mentioned at a meeting that I met her at, because I'm also a speaker. So I do a lot of presentations through networking groups and other places in the Twin Cities area. And I said, I help you break free from your unhealthy habits. Because as you can probably understand, someone who became 100 pounds overweight had quite a few unhealthy habits. And I had to figure out how to get past that and around it and into a better place. Some of the, some of the habits I replaced with better ones Some of them, I got rid of them entirely, but it's a process. So I like to walk people through that process. And she wanted to kind of wean herself off of the alcohol habit she had. She worked a high-stress job. Um, She had really great active, so it's not like she was worried about her fitness level or anything. But she really wanted to have techniques to help her work through that. So when working with me, we helped wean her off of that. So she would have like a Cardi and every single night or something like that. If her stress level was really high, she was also taking care of her spouse. Mm -hmm. He had some medical issues. So she had a lot of stress involved with that at the end of our time working together and we worked together about three months, she was able to not need that drink anymore. And on top of that, she tended to snack when she was drinking at night as well. And she yeah. didn't need the snack. So she yeah. by default lost weight, even though that wasn't one of her goals with working with me.
0: Yeah, that's awesome.
2: So would you say that My coffee, my Red Bull, and my Dr Pepper—that I probably have need to talk to. A problem, a problem right there. I would guess that you
1: didn't get a lot of sleep last night.
2: (laughs) None, and that is why I was late, and that is why I look this way. But honestly, Alexa will vouch. Besides the Dr Pepper, the coffee, and the Red Bull are even when i do sleep
0: yeah those are her staples yeah well i oh. have a
2: shirt that says i i run on caffeine and tupac <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh i love it um well you know red bull dr pepper all those things you know if they're fueling your morning right now there are other ways you can fuel your morning Um, i do work with women who struggle with sleep because often when we're struggling with sleep either we've got a lot of things going on up here where we're constantly thinking and on a loop of all the things that we didn't do that we need to get to and it becomes very overwhelming and so we fuel ourselves with caffeine, with food, depending on what kind of personalities we are, with uh, other habits. So it's about replacing those habits. Yes, there are things you can do other than Red Bull and Dr. Pepper. Like, no judgment here. You know, yeah. <laughs> <Next soda. laughs> you got to do what you got to do sometimes. But if that's your default and that's what you turn to without even thinking about it, mm-hmm. yes, there's definitely room for um, envisioning it a different way. And um okay. anyway, <laughs> One of my most popular programs is Five Morning Rituals for a Healthier Day. And these are rituals that I swear by that I've been doing for the past whatever years. And I've flexed the rituals in my lifestyle. So when I first lost the weight, I was single, and then I got married, and then I had a family. I flex these rituals to work with me wherever I was. Um, When I quit corporate last October, then I had to flex them a different way as a stay-at-home mom, working from home, that sort of thing. But basically, if you complete those five rituals in the morning, you won't reach for your Dr. Pepper or Red Bull as often. You will be more intentional about your day. You won't feel like you're putting out fires all day long. And um, some of them don't feel like they're specific to health, but they really do work. It's kind of funny that way.
2: And we can get those just through you or on your website, or is that?
1: I actually don't have those on my website, but I'm happy if anyone wants to reach out to me, message me, what awesome. have you. I'm happy to share those with you because yeah. it's, it's not what you think they would be. I mean, one of them is exercise, of course, but some of the other ones are like, I didn't know that.
0: <laughs> awesome. Okay, so one question that we ask from time to time is um, about self-care. So obviously your, your whole world is pretty much about self-care, but what are some things that you like to do to find me time in your daily schedule and how do you fit those in? Does me time even exist? Oh, no. Okay, so not in your daily schedule. How do you get me time every
1: once in a while? <laughs> I I firmly believe in me time and that's a main component of a blissful lifestyle. So I mentioned, yes, I do help people with their habits. I do help them with weight loss. But at the end of the day, sometimes what I'm working on with clients is how do I feel better about X, Y, Z, about getting a good night's sleep, about getting permission to do what have you. That's important. And yes, me time is how you refill your cup. So different personalities need more me time than others. Mm -hmm. if you're an extroverted person you probably don't need your me time might be what you're already doing you're serving your clients your family all those sorts of things you're already getting the energy you need from being around and about Uh, for introverts it might be a little bit different um i'm in a service-based profession so for me me time is having my solo time without serving someone so it's being very individual to what it is me time means for you. So for me, me time might be adult coloring or swimming. I feel very energized when I'm in or around water, mm-hmm. even in the shower. It's kind of funny. I'm a water sign. So maybe that's a natural thing. <laughs> um, I have me time when I cook for my children because not only do I feel good for cooking, but I feel good for nourishing them know, nourishing their bodies and, and having them like my food. So I have lots of different things and, and ways to build in me time. And that's part of those morning rituals that I mentioned as well because journaling has always been a big piece of my life whether it was food that I was journaling or my gratitudes which I currently journal about it takes five minutes five minutes sometimes it's in the morning when I wake up sometimes it's before I have my lunch it doesn't matter what time of day I do it but journaling my gratitudes right now has been very helpful for me so I really encourage anyone who's listening journal something Mm -hmm. whatever that means for you it could be what you're eating it could be your to-do list if that charges you up it could be what you're happy for what you're grateful for what you are dreaming about you know your aspirations it could be affirmations like I am strong I am powerful I am beautiful in anything I wear anything that makes you feel good about yourself that can be a
0: component of your me time as well absolutely that's great advice I love that Well, thanks, Jen. It has been a lot of fun chatting with you today. Um, All over this place, we chatted about all kinds of stuff. But um, if you want to get her Five Days to Body Bliss Challenge, which is free, or if you want to just check out her blog or information on her Weight No More Facebook group, you can come to the website and um, make sure you check out her podcast episode and grab all the links there. And it is weightlesschronicles.com, not weight loss in case uh, you got confused about that. So weightlesschronicles.com. And uh, thanks again. We appreciate your time and all of the great information. Thank you. Sorry I was
2: late, but have a good day. We're so glad you were here, Aubrey. Thank you, Aubrey (laughs) and
1: Alexa. This has been a beautiful time and a beautiful place to share all this information today. So thank you so much. You're welcome. Awesome. Have a good day. You too.